welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com, where we bring you insightful, liberating, intuitive people from around the globe. They share their life's journeys and experience wisdom to guide you on your own discovery of self. Each week from Tuesday to Monday, we will bring you new shows on our many genres, and with over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on selfdiscoveryradio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, all the way from the UK, is Anne Bird. We're going to be talking about that big word, dementia. What is it? What's the difference between that and Alzheimer's? How do we recognize dementia in people? Are we just becoming forgetful because we're overloaded? Is it a sign that something is more nemesing behind everything? Uh, are the things that we're eating, the things that are around us, all this um, Wi-Fi and everything, is that having effect on it? Is that bringing on dementia? Is dementia on the in increase? Um, we're going to be answering all of these questions today with Anne, who is a nurse and has been in this field for a very long time and loves working with people, loves working right hands-on with people, not at a distance, and has really, really enjoyed her nursing career. She's also been a manager, a teacher, a trainer, an educator, a nurse advisor, um, but she likes working with people in the field of mental health. Now, I'm going to commend her right up front on that, because that is not an easy field to work in. I think that and pediatrics probably is some of the hardest fields to be in. Mental health robs people of who they were, um, of a, some dignity, and, and certainly causes panic in families because they don't know how to take care of people with uh, mental issues, and especially the elderly. So what can we do about recognizing dementia? How can we help people who have it? What are the, you know, what are the things we can do to recognize the triggers and make it easier for them to cope with, make it easier for us to cope and when do we actually say, I can't do this on my own, and who do we turn to? Big questions for a very wonderful lady who's got many of the answers. So let's bring Anne on. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's a delight, delight, delight to have you. You're originally from Trinidad, right? I am, yes. And when did you go to the UK? I came to London in 1990. So you've been there after, for a, mm -hmm. Yes, after a, a successful interview, because England was looking for men, uh, mental health nurses, I applied and was successful. Why the mental health field? What is it about it that draws you in? Um, it is very different. For mental health nurses... It's no different from what a general nurse will consider to be nursing, but it's dealing with people at a completely different level. Our skills are ourselves, whereas the general nurse has all her tools and her instruments, our tools are ourselves. Talking to people, finding out more about people, and those are the basic tools we we use. So it's more interactive. people, 
yes, and very person-centred. Mm. Yeah, a kind of nursing is, you know, one patient on to the next and the next. And I, I would gather with a, uh, with a person suffering from any uh, mental issues, you really have to spend more time and become yes. more intimate with them. And yes. there's a huge trust level there that has to be built up, isn't there? There is. Um, because people with, um, and specifically older people, you get trust on one level, but as the illness progresses, sometimes you get a lot of distrust mm -hmm. and you have to really work hard on that relationship. Because one thing with dementia um, we recognize very early is that the better relationship you have with that person, the more trust you will get from that person even though the person will not be able to um, explain why right. they trust this person but because you have shown that they will begin to open up to you mm -hmm. and you know as with anything you know when you give somebody time with genuine care um, and respect of that time it, it goes a long way doesn't it I mean it certainly does. You know, medicine today is everything is so fast and so quick and, you know, next. And really, um, just simply giving some time and care is an enormous amount of healing dose right there, isn't it? it yes, it is. So let us talk about dementia. And I first want you to explain the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's, because there is a lot of confusion about it. How do you decide who's got what and what are the what are they the uh, the symptoms of it well that's a very very good question because even a lot of the professionals use the words interchangeably dementia alzheimer's and vice versa but dementia is a it's like an umbrella term describing a group of symptoms so it's sort of the things you see and what I associate it with is like having pain you have pain but you don't know what's causing it when you find out what is causing your pain only then can you really address it so dementia is that umbrella term Alzheimer's mm -hmm. is one of the many forms of dementia. So Alzheimer's is um, uh, a disease of the brain, which uh, the sort of the predominant feature is forgetfulness. Then you have a little bit of personality, uh, uh, changes in the personality and other... Um, other uh, bits like paranoia, and intellectual mm. sort of deterioration as well. So skills begin to deteriorate. Things that the person was able to do um, previously becomes more and more difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad to see that because when you you know somebody's had an amazing life and an amazing career and let's look at ronald reagan you know whether you agreed with the politics yes. or not i mean he had a full yes. life 
and then yeah. at the end had no idea who he was or who his loving yes. wife was and it's so sad to see that because you know yes. I always say that in the end I'll have my memories you know that a life lived to, um, mm. you know, to take with me but when somebody's robbed of that it's almost like they're robbed of their existence isn't it, isn't it? it yes it feels like that because you know as you said our memories is what you know keeps us going and dementia because it is uh, progressive Alzheimer's uh, especially very progressive you begin to lose very little things that we take for granted you know people whose uh, daughter might be become their carer they lose uh, the ability they forget who this person is they don't know if this person is their mother if it's their sister, if it's their daughter, and very, very simple in things that we would consider to be insignificant. Those are the things that uh, become lost to that person. Something I find very interesting, though, is that they forget who people are, but they don't forget what people are. They know it's a woman or a man, right? A girl or boy. Um, you know, they know it's yes. animal or human. So there's still certain mm. parts of the brain that are recognizing. They just don't yes. recognize the personal attachment to it. So, you know, what is it about the Alzheimer's that just attacks, you know, the, the life memories, but not kind of the programmed, you know, the, mm. the hard drive memories? Yes. Um, that has... Um, the, the answer to that, it's dependent on the type of, of um, dementia you have because I don't know if I've mentioned that there are many, many types of dementia. Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, as I said, is just one type. Um, long-term memory remains intact for a very long time. In late uh, dementia... Uh, long-term memory goes so a lot of things people do remember but um, they will remember it as long as probably it's in front of them within their vision outside of their vision they might not have the recall mm -hmm. but um, so, so things like people and animals and so they would know way into the late stage dementia right right yeah that yes, they would probably recognize. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you hear a lot of people go wandering. You know that they, 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 you know, they just they go out the door and nobody knows. They don't even know where they're going, and they end up in yes. peculiar places. You know, yes. is is this something a memory they're trying to seek? Um, you know, trying to go back to something, or they just out wandering? You know, because um, I know that for loved ones, you know, when people go missing. You know, it's very, very scary yeah. because they just don't know where to find them. Do you know anything about wanderers? Yes. Um, I've worked with uh, um, one particular gentleman who went missing and we didn't know where to look. So, of course, we had to inform the police and everything. And when he was found, he had gone back to a home where he lived in as a young man. Mm -hmm. And he was found there. The people kept him and they informed the police as well so he was found there so he was obviously looking for his home but remembered his home where he lived as a young man other people 
wonder but have absolutely no idea where they're going, why they're going. And it's, I suppose, just, uh, I don't know, something to do. Yeah. They just walk away, and but they have absolutely no idea. And, of course, very subject to, you know, all sorts of things happening to them out there because they're very vulnerable oh, yes. because they don't know who they are and, and they don't yes. know where they are. So, of course, you know, they very easily can get scared. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and a lot of times, um, many of them are looking for something in their past, you know, some sense, something to give them security. Sometimes when you speak, somebody might be searching for their mother mm -hmm. or searching for their home because they recognize they do not recognize where they have been. So they might just start looking. Some people have just no idea. They just saw a door open and they, uh, they went. started walking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to forget. I mean, we do all do it, you know, and we, we forget, forget what we did, yes. you know, five minutes ago. But it's, it's so interesting that, you know, a memory of yesterday can be more hazy than a memory of our childhood. What is it about our childhood that holds on to us so much uh, that but we can forget what we had for lunch? Well, in childhood and in our early years, as long as our brain was well formed and everything was fine um, mentally, we lay down memories. So everything that we see, everything that happens, you know, there are pathways because all the connections are working well and you are able to lay down those things as memories. But as you get older and for what a reason you begin to acquire dementia um, those connections start to deteriorate and the chemicals in the brain don't work as they used to so things that happen recently those memories are difficult to lay down so you can't remember because the pathway is leaky, mm -hmm. you know, for yes. lack of a better word. The sieve, yes. Yes. Yeah, we're going to go yeah. down the drain, yes. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why people are unable to forget because the connections are becoming disconnected. Right. Oh, it's interesting. Um, and now, how do we tell the difference But just between... You know, people being overloaded, taking on too much and just simply forgetting because of that, you know, and uh, uh, which is such a common place today. How do we tell the difference between people just simply forgetting and, and it being a sign that dementia is at the door? Well, things like stress and overwork can bring on uh, about a forgetfulness. You know, just think of, you know, you having to do your driving test tomorrow or having to do an exam. And that stress of, you know, studying for the exam, the, the, your level of anxiety can cause you to forget things. And that is normal. 
reduce your stress, reduce your anxiety, and your memory will be fine again. The difference between that and some form of Alzheimer's or dementia is that the even in the absence of anxiety or stress or so, the forgetfulness will continue. Mm, right. I mean, you know, um, I, you know, everybody has seems to have a memory for something. Uh, yes. I, I remember stories. I've always been notorious on names. Um, you know, always remembering ridiculous things. But when it comes to names, never been able to retain that. Do we have, you know, those little idiosyncrasies in each of us where there's things that we'll always remember because we're wired that way and other things that we're just simply never going to be able to remember? I think that's correct. Some of us are very good at remembering faces, but not names to go with it. Mm -hmm. Some people is the other way around very good at names but can't match the face to the name and you know different people are very good at different things we unfortunately don't have everything no, um that make us superhuman so, <laughs> yes and i think um that is normal but is when you begin to lose those things that you once knew mm. and you are finding it difficult to recall it or you have no recollection that you ever had it i think that's when you you need to you know be looking at you know um for some help yeah now how about when people start showing aggravation or regression you know like things are irritating them so much more than they used to. They snap so much more than they used to. Is this a sign? It, it is a possible sign of, um, you know, a memory problem. But in the early stages, it's usually that people are recognizing that there is a pro problem. And you can, um, you can talk to them and you most likely will get uh, suitable answers from them because sometimes they do recognize what's happening. Um, the the uh, aggression or snappiness isn't always because they know something has happened. It's happening because something is going on in the brain and it's changing their personality. Mm -hmm. And if their memory is like really short term, like they don't remember what they said five or ten minutes ago? Yeah. Well, relatives or people around them will normally be able to recognize that and probably get, you know, the help of the GP, the general practitioner or, you know, um, the psychiatric team or somebody who can help. Now, you know... Um, yeah. Yes. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? People who live alone and um, recognize that they have memory problems, they usually start making notes. So they'll be writing on calendars, they'll be writing in journals because they realize that they're, they're not remembering as they used to. So people coming in, when they look around, they can see those sort of signs. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, 
everybody Every- needs to kind of document something. I mean, I, you know, uh, uh, if I don't write things down, I'm going to yes. forget, you know, and yes. I think I think that is a common thing, you know, with everybody. Yes. Um, but um, I suppose it gets to a point where you look at something you've written down and don't even remember what it is, you yes. know, <laughs> um, which I do get those what I call brain farts now and again. <laughs> what the hell was this? <laughs> we, we, we do have moments like that, you know. That's it normal. Happens to, <laughs> Right, right, yes. But I... dementia and, and Alzheimer's is not a part of is not the normal um aging process, not part of it. Right. Right. So, you know, what we're looking at is that, that short term memory definitely being affected, you know, um yes. aggravation, a short temper, um, maybe yes. even frustration, you know, easily yes. frustrated. Um, yes. uh, would you see any other patterns with the, you know, uh, more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, um, unable to sit still, um, yes. moving around a lot. Uh, is that a sign? That could be a sign. It's, um, not with, not, you don't see all the signs in everyone, but yes, they are signs of, um, of, People with probably early to moderate dementia, but um, with talking about Alzheimer's, if we're looking at Alzheimer's, um, the most prominent feature is the memory, where they can't remember and you get the constant questioning. It's the same questions over Mm. and over, or the repeated behaviors doing the same thing over and over getting angry if you were to say to that the person but you've asked me that a few times before and I've answered you right. that would trigger a, a, a negative response because mm-hmm. they don't remember that they don't remember right um, so let's talk about a few other things that are aggravated um, you know you're talking about the infections of the central nervous system such as meningitis there's long-term yes. alcohol and drug use uh, and drug yes. use you'd also put cigarette smoking in there um it could be eventual probably the cigarette can probably affect the heart and then the heart can affect uh the brain but the um there and... isn't yes yes but there isn't the sort of direct uh correlation well, I've not seen it. Right. Because um, I'm just thinking about, you know, oxygen to the brain. Does that have an effect on it? It certainly like will. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, so and even mm-hmm. um, things that would cause the brain to um, be starved of oxygen on a regular basis could eventually lead to a form of dementia and something that people don't think about. I'm sure you've heard of um, obstructive sleep apnea. Oh, yes. Where people uh, stop breathing at night. Yep. And over the long term, because their brain is being constantly starved of oxygen, little by little, not huge amounts, but little by little, you know, it can have a negative effect eventually. Mm, that's very interesting. Um, my so, yes, condition. Was that. 
Okay. Um, you know, literally, um, I would be awake all night hitting him to make sure he breathed. Yes, you know, yes, and yes. Uh, um, I mean, it's 15 years we've been apart now, and he's still breathing. But um, yes, it, it, it is interesting that you know, there's a couple of things he has done since then that that could show those signs. So it's maybe good to actually talk to the kids about it. So, um, so yes, sleep apnea. Most certainly, I can see that, and yes. uh, I would imagine even you know, there's various you know sports and activities where people you know kind of. Um, holding. I'm an asthmatic, so yes. you know the, there's those things too where you're gasping for breath sometimes. So we have to be very, very careful that that oxygen is constantly running through our whole body, right? You know, the yes. heart, the brain, yeah. everything. So yeah. um, breathing exercises, I would imagine, would be something that would be very, very beneficial. Mm, I would think so. To get the flow yes, of the definitely. energy and the oxygen and everything running throughout the body, because that's really essential. Yes. It is. It is. Um, yes. Breathing on the whole, it, it, it's so important because um, I've worked with a gentleman who, um, well, he was a patient. Um, I didn't actually work with him as a colleague. He was a patient and he kept being moved from area to area because he appeared to be quite normal, but staff could not deal with him because his behavior was um very erratic <laughs> no he wasn't erratic he was very um where everything had to be done his way mm -hmm. controlling and very very extremely controlling he had no sympathy no empathy for anyone else even while we were dealing with dying patients if he wanted his medication, it had to be done now. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to his wife, you know, to ask, you know, what really is going on with him? Because he seemed normal in every other way. And she said he um, was in hospital having bypass surgery and he arrested on the, on the operating uh, table and he was starved of oxygen for about seven minutes and so while he you know he was resuscitated and he came back and everything was well his personality changed interesting and that showed sort of damage to the frontal part of of, of the brain because he was so different that she got a nervous breakdown because of his behavior right well especially if it because it becomes so you know offensive um and so in your face that it's really, really and he hard. was yeah so rigid yeah that yeah. nothing nothing could change his mind once he set his mind on something so it was really difficult and i realized that this man although he looked normal in every way he had a dementia yeah and that was his problem now let's now. how do we deal with it now you know i know we, we you're talking here too also about certain drug interactions but also vitamin uh, vitamin deficiencies um yes. you know i know of a project that a product that's brilliant um i take it for my depression and and it's it feeds the brain and so it's actually helped a lot a lot of people with many uh, mental disorders and it's just a nutrient that just gets in there and gives the brain what it needs because it 
bypasses yes. certain enzymes so that the brain could absorb it. Um, right. And so it's really, really important that if we do start seeing signs of this, either in ourselves or in our family, that we actually look to, you know, what nutritional things can help them, you know, to keep that yes. brain active. Yes. What, what yes. would be some of your suggestions? Well, some of the suggestion, it's um, probably need to start long before we start seeing signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of those things, I'm not sure what, what medication or, or uh, vitamin you're, you're talking about. Yep, but, it's called you Q96 know, it's, and it's um, Q96. Yeah, it's Empower uh, and it's really, really, really works. You know, it's really right. very good. Um, but it's it's bought through an MLM or anything, but the product works. Mm. It works, yeah. And I think that's important because we need to uh, be addressing a lot of um, issues to do with dementia long before we see the sign. So mm. it's like, you know, just taking care of yourself, looking after yourself physically, you know, make sure you're active, not, you know, not overweight, even though a lot of people do have high blood pressure, make sure that it's managed. Um, people with diabetes, that it's managed because all of these things negatively impact on your risk of of having dementia. Mm. You know, um, what else? We spoke about um, the sleep apnea mm-hmm. ensure that you know your doctor knows about it and and the the condition is being addressed yeah yeah you know so it's it's having a multifaceted approach to health care um mm-hmm. you know there are some people who are more at risk than others but we all have to just pay more attention to our health yeah, and it really comes back down to that, doesn't it? Is you know, there's the old adage: if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And, yes. And it's you know, some people use their brain all the time. They think I'll never get that because I'm very you know mentally active. But yes. if you're not using your body as well, you know, your body yes. provides the oxygen and the blood flow yes. and the nutrients and to the brain. So yes. So yes. you really have to keep the body going so that the brain can keep going. Yes, um, that's correct. But also, my mum died at ninety-five. And she was bed bound in the last few years, body completely disintegrated, let her down mm. completely. But she, her brain was still sharp. Uh, she did develop, you know, some paranoia and things like that at the end, yes. which I think is natural. But um, she did crossroad puzzles every single day of her life. Yes. Um, you know the show Countdown in English? Yes. Uh, it's, yes. A, it's a great show for brainiacs. It's, it's kind of a cross between word cross puzzles and mathematical equations. She would yes, get anything yes. from 80 to 90% correct on all wow. of those. Wow, um, that's very so, good. But in a lot of ways, she was trapped in a body that she hadn't taken yes. care of. And was mm. so resentful the fact that she couldn't physically do anything. And, uh, you know, started kind of vicariously living in fantasy, like NCIS. You know, if Gibbs was in the world, there wouldn't yes. be any terrorism. And looking, oh. marring those lines between reality and not reality. Yes. Do you, you know, I don't know if it was dementia she had in the age or just simply old age, but do you see that with people where fantasy and reality get blurred? 
Oh, yes, in dementia, that happens quite a lot. Um, sort of um, the, the middle part, the, the sort of the, the moderate stage of dementia, you can have that. Um, not so much in um, Alzheimer's, but you can get it in things like Lewy body disease, where there's a lot of um, hallucinations, delusions, misrepresentations, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And does paranoia come a lot into dementia? And... Yes, yes. Not with everyone, mm-hmm. but yes, it is a feature. Yeah. Okay, so now let's look at what can do, somebody do about it, what can family members do about it. Now, one is like take away the stress load, right? Yeah. Um, so that person hasn't got too much stress on them, kind of simplify their lives, and certainly don't put any expectations on that person that they can't cope with. No. When dementia um, begins to... Uh, be noticeable the person when you begin to notice um, dementia in someone it means it's been there for a while so the person will already be showing signs of not coping so you would naturally have to try and simplify life as much as possible and would you know it's not a good idea to add any form of stress not even arguing with mm-hmm. the person because it is just going to escalate uh, escalate you know have the person react to you in a catastrophic manner and just create a lot of stress both for yourself and the person living with the condition I mean, the stress now has been put on the person that's become the caregiver, you know, the spouse oh, or the yes. mate, because, you know, now they're living in this world of repetition. Um, yes. You know, um, I asked you to do something. No, you didn't. You know, um, yes. is it good to maybe do stick it notes so the person can look at a stick it note? Oh, I was asked to do this and I'll just go and do it now and while I remember. Um, you, you know, it, it can be very frustrating for that other person. That might work probably in early dementia, Mm -hmm. yes, but wouldn't work later on because the person wouldn't understand who stuck it there. They might start to think that people are coming into the house and sticking these things around. paranoia, right, yeah. Yes, yes. So, I mean, what tips would you have for the caregiver? Because, you know, this is now putting a lot of strain on them and a lot of frustration on them. You know, what, you know, what tools would you suggest they have in order to be able to deal with this so that they're not getting, you know, frustrated and carrying all the burden? Well, I suppose very early on, when I suppose there's a diagnosis, when the diagnosis is made, you not need to start planning with the individual while they're still able to make some decisions even with, you know, some help and prompting. You need to make some decisions then. Um, You need to inform them that, you know, probably because the condition is progressive, at some point you would need help. So probably the person would 
go into a home for a week so the caregiver can have a holiday. Mm -hmm. Or somebody like a sibling or somebody can come into the home while the caregiver goes out for a week or two weeks break. So it's about planning. So you plan how this is to happen. You probably get a few people who can support you. If you have siblings and they are willing to help, that would be ever so, so good. Um, but it's having regular breaks. It's having people to turn to, probably having, um, you know, probably uh, uh, dementia groups where people who have been through the process can help you and give you ideas. Um, I suppose another thing you can think about is um, is having the the GP and other like um, in England we have um, psychiatric community teams, so people from the community teams can come in and give support. Probably the person can be you know can they can arrange to the person can go to things like lunch clubs and so which would give the carer you know regular breaks and the carer has to be you know realistic as well this condition dementia is one of the condition that leaves carers with huge amount of guilt yeah but um carers have to be realistic as well I know it's extremely difficult but you know people have to be realistic that at some point you have to call it quits because your health becomes at risk if you just keep going yeah exactly I mean it's you may love somebody and, and you want to be there for as long as you can, but the moment it starts yes. becoming a real detriment to your own lifestyle, I yes. mean, your loved yes. one wouldn't want that for you anyway. If they, no, were, if they no. were in the complete they mind, they wouldn't well. want that. So, no, they would never. And of course, you know, in North America, you're, you know, you're, especially America, you're still looking at, you know, medicals not being covered, right? And so a lot yeah. of those programs you talk about that are in the UK may not be there. So I think, you know, one of the suggestions I would give to people is, you know, go go up on social media and say, are there any dementia clubs? Are there any other people with dementia, you know, that have somebody with, with dementia in their family? Can yes. we even form a dialogue online through Skype yes. where you can yes. support one another, share tips yes. with one another? Yes. And it's essential that that person has an outlet, you know, where they can reach out and go, oh, it was a bad day and just need that it comfort. Is or, so it, and or I've learned this. Have you tried that? You know, and it's yes. and it's a uh, gives that a sense of camaraderie that you you know you you're not alone because I think that's something yes. that's also something that happens, isn't it? A little bit of a stigma, yes. you know, yes. that you no, don't want I, to own no. up that that person's got the a problem. But mm. also, how many people are then diagnosed with dementia that are in denial, saying, "No, I don't." Yes, yes. And it's one of the illness that brings isolation both to the person living with the condition as well as the carer. Yeah. They become terribly isolated. 
And of course, you know, if you're looking at somebody with a, you know, with a life-threatening disease, there is a generally a span where that person is either going to recover or going to die. Yes. With yes. dementia and Alzheimer's, they can live. 10 or more Live. years. Yes, 10, my, 20 my, years yeah. sometimes. My uncle had a, a wife that got, um, uh, I don't know if, it, she recognized him. Yes. Um, but, and she wouldn't let him go out. Even mm. going grocery shopping, she would have a complete fit. Yes, and so for, yes. For 10 years, he was a prisoner in that relationship. Yeah. And it yeah. took a huge toll on him. It, um, it will. And so, you know, it's, it's, if you can have somebody when, as you said, they're diagnosed, they recognize what it is, what is it about, you know, start getting on those nutritionals. You, you, you've got it, but you can slow it down. Yes, um, yes. And, uh, you know, you can start putting things in place and, uh, and then come to terms with it and look at protecting your caregiver, your spouse, your partner. Yes, um, yes. And uh, because otherwise you're putting so much strain on them that they're going to develop yes. something. Yeah. Yeah, they will. And it's about getting the help. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is like in America. Um, as you just said, you know, it it's costly. Mm -hmm. But as you said, it's about creating systems, creating groups, creating alliances where people can come into the home, give even an hour's you know, volunteer and hours service so the caregiver can have a break, go out, have a walk, mm -hmm. clear their head, come back in. It is so important. You know, otherwise, you will have two very yes. unwell people. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it can drive a person to madness. Oh, yes. Know, because it's that constant repetitiveness. Um, yes. And so, you know, you've lost that art of conversation of just being yes. even to enjoy something because the but attention... But remember, has... it's, it's not just the repetitiveness. You have a person who is constantly losing regular social skills. Yeah. So the time would come where you need to assist this person with all activities of daily living. Uh, further on, you may be doing all all the personal care, the feeding, the cooking, the cleaning, everything for this person and putting up with the difficult behaviors. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's not just the repetitive behavior. That's, I suppose, might be the least of, of some of the problems. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we're, we're, our previous talk, we were talking about, I mean, this is kind of meant to be an older age disease, but we're yes. seeing it so much more in the youth today or younger people. Younger people. You know, why do you think that is? Oh. Um, I am not sure. But if I were to guess... I would think that, you know, some of the illnesses that used to affect only the older brain is now beginning to affect the younger people because of, you know, whether it be chemicals in food or whatever. I'm not sure, but, you know, there are younger people, working age adults, people sometimes in their 40s 
who are coming down with the disease, but I'm not sure why. Well, I suppose if we're looking at our diet today, it's so chemically based. Um, what we're breathing in in the air, the amount of stress that we put on our bodies. Yes. Um, when you look at all of those things and take them into factor, I mean, we can't be putting all these preservatives and these chemicals and these GMOs in our body without yes. it changing the chemistry of our body. That's so true. And so if you look at that, that, you know, um, what's going, you know, you see more diabetes today, um, you see more uh, cancer today, you see more other illnesses today. And we really have to stop and look at our lifestyle, the food we're eating. Um, people aren't walking as much as they used to. They're not exercising as much as they used to. Um, they're eating the wrong foods. It's very gluttony eating in most Western yes. societies. And uh, uh, lots of sugar, which is so detrimental. You can't, mm. you, there, there, there's, you know, diabetes or cancer isn't just the only repercussion. Because what's happening to your body is going to happen to your brain. It will. It has a direct correlation. Mm. We were speaking uh, earlier uh, before coming on air about um, whether dementia is increasing. I'm sure it is because mm. when we look back, um, it was either people weren't living that long, so they didn't live long enough to develop dementia, or there is a direct correlation with what we're eating and the environment and everything else. Um, so while people, medicine has given us that wonderful gift of living longer it has you know sort of brought uh, the opposite end as well you know people are living um, long enough to have you know brain diseases which mm. is um, you know going against what um, you know, people really want for a longer life. I mean, apparently we're meant to be able to live until, you know, 130, even longer. And in certain countries and certain cultures, you know, living over 100 is, is you know, pretty kind of normal. It's the norm. Yeah. And, you know, here we look at, our, you know, people are starting to drop dead in their 60s and their 70s. Oh, they've had a good life. No, they haven't. I'm 61. No. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's a good 30 plus years ahead of me, you know. In, um, in and, old age psychiatry, 60s. You are the young people. You are the babies of the exactly <laughs> of, of all the adult service. Exactly, exactly. And so you know, a lot of it, I think, is also our perspective on life, isn't it? Is that yes. you know, either if you look at the sixty, it's the it's the the fifty today. You know, and the same with seventy is the sixty, and I think you know, in some cases, oh, yes. it might even be the forty with certain people. And uh, it really does come down to, again, taking care of the whole of us, mind, body, spirit, and soul. Yes. And, yes. you know, it's not just making sure you eat right and you exercise, um, that you use your brain, you know, that you yes. inquire, you question, you're always learning. But I think an awful great of it, uh, a lot of it, too, is your spirit, taking yes. care of your spiritual side of yourself, because mm. that's where that peace and that calmness comes in, isn't it? Mm. I believe that, Yes. So we I have certainly to, believe that. Well, we, we've got to stop looking at ourselves as, you know, little blocks that are put together and that are, you know, that are separate. It's that we are one 
uh, and we're also yes. you know one with the universe but it's all that beautiful divine energy running through us and that energy must flow and if at any time it's blocked off for the lack of physical the lateral lack of using your brain um if you you know again the old adage if you don't use it you lose it you and will lose uh, it, yes. so it's very very important i mean um as I said, my mum did crossroads, uh, crossword puzzles right yes. to the end, you know, and it's it's finding something that intrigues you, right? Yes, I mean, yes. Um, you know, that keeps you questioning or that gets you engaged and has yes. you participating. Mm. And, and uh, that's really, really important, isn't it? Keep the brain yes. and the mind functioning. And yes, all of you, it's like just like physical exercise does for the body. It's so you need the 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 spiritual exercise you need the psychological exercise you need all of it yeah to keep yourself going and you know be mindful of those things that you know are a detriment and you know when you're young you know i can do anything you know i'm indestructible oh, yes. right and yes. uh, you know then you get to that point where you know the body it doesn't respond like it used to anymore yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's talking to you folks listen to it and you know if things like you know alcohol and drugs and and when you're talking about yes. drugs it's not just you know um uh uh, recreational drugs it's you know there's mm. pharmaceutical drugs out there that are yes, really bad yes, for you and yes. you don't need to be on them if you're living a very healthy lifestyle and with the right nutrition going in your body mm. you can avoid all of these other things that are yes. out there now mm. is dementia something that lies within your genes and is a foregone conclusion or is it a lifestyle um, disease it can be both there is a genetic perspective to it, but it doesn't mean because your mother or your father had dementia, you would get it. But I suppose if you know you if you don't look after yourself in the right way, there's a possibility. Right. If, if your lifestyle, if you've made the wrong choices for your lifestyle, then there's a possibility that because that condition was there in the past, it can you can acquire it but if you choose a healthy lifestyle and you do all the right things chances are you will not you do not have to acquire it and you know that game comes down to the word choice you know the station the show yeah. is called choose positive living and and that positive living is 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 the way you look at life you know the way you interact participate with life um uh, the honor the dignity and the respect in which you live your life and that yes. uh, that goes not just to the people within your vicinity and that you work with but it goes to you because yes. how you treat yourself is how other people are going to treat you and yes. and if you know don't you know oh I've got dementia start looking to blame someone you know if it's genetically in you then that means there's more of a warning sign you've been pre-warned yes so, so make sure you do the things you need to do to either you know never invite it or that if it ever uh -huh. does raise its head you're ahead of the game yes so it's taking charge of our lives isn't yes. it yes 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 so we've talked about the recognizing the signs of it um you know what it does and of course i know that in medical associations and and government and, and many countries just still don't recognize really the the significance of this or you know, mm. all the effect that it has on family 
you know, the caregivers and everybody else yes. around them. Uh, and it's still something that's just scratching the surface, really, on that support and that help. Um, yes. You know, it, when it comes to somebody saying, I can't manage anymore, and this person needs to go into a home now, um, there can be obviously a lot of resistance from the person not wanting to go into yes. a home. But, yeah. And of course, as you talked about, a great deal of guilt from that person yes. saying, I can't manage anymore. And then yes. there's that, well, I could push myself a bit further. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a life being subject to, you know, its own detriment for another life. How yes. would you counsel people through that to help them make that decision? Well, you know, what advice would you give? Um, well, I will help the person to look back objectively on all the things that they have done for their loved one. You know, because lots of people, the guilt comes from feeling they haven't done enough or they could do more. So I'll get them to look objectively at all the things that they have done, all the the love, the time they have given, all the um, all the help. I'm I'm thinking about in in this country in in England. Um, you look at all the money you have saved the government by being the care error and not put in the person in a home earlier mm -hmm. um, so it's getting the person to look at those things objectively it's going to be difficult you're not going to break through in the first you know or, or second time of talking to the person but it's getting that person to see that their loved one will be well looked after getting them to see that they do need a break for themselves, get them to see the, the consequences of not having that break, of not looking after themselves, because chances are they will end up in a worse position yeah. than the, the person living with de the dementia, because they are physically psychologically, emotionally unwell in every area of their being. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to get them to look at that, look objectively. Yes, the guilt is there, but helping them to work through that guilt to show them that this is the best decision. Had their mother or father or sister, whoever it was, had they been in their right mind, they would not yeah. be happy to see them the way they are. And of course, if you got that early diagnosis, you can objectively look, you know, that person can choose where they want to go. When the yes. time comes, I yes. like this place. And that takes an yes. awful lot of pressure off the caregiver. Yes. Right. Yes. So, you know, the more you can bring that person that's, that's entering that dementia and it's like, Look after me for as long as you can, but when it gets too uh -huh. much that it's detriment to you, put yes. me in this in this home, and uh -huh. I have a choice of which home I go to, so I know it's yes. my choice. So it's it's it isn't about I'm now your caregiver. I'm going to look after you, and you have no choice. It's just while that choice mm. can be made, can be made. Make yes, it. that's why yes we said earlier 
about making these decisions, probably even getting it in writing because the person would have forgotten by the time the dementia, you know, has... um, well, you know, that, you brought up something very, very important here. You know, there's legal things. Yes. You know, if you've got a spouse or this or that and they've got the dementia, well, then they're not considered dead. Uh, they're still considered alive, but they're unable to take care of things. Yes. And yes. If, if things are in their name and you can't access them, like bank accounts or even yes. stupid things like cable, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got to have them at some point sign over that power of attorney. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to be even in more doo-doo than you really yes. want to be in. To so, be, yes. Yeah. So this mm. is your passion. You know, your mission is to inform, educate, and empower people globally to recognize and understand dementia so they can uh, appropriately care for those living with the condition. So yes. you know there's a lot of work to be done, and there's a lot it's of education. Yeah. Yes. It's just even understanding what it is, you know, empowering yes. people to know what to do. Uh, yes. I think that's the biggest thing is what what do I do? You know, yes. um, how can I help this person? You know, what happens if I'm yes. still having to work? You know, and yes. there's all of these questions. And if you've got some a place to go to that can answer these people and take them through the steps, you know, both partners, you know, both people, yes. take both them through parties. the steps. Yeah. You know, you're taking away that that stress, which is the last yes. thing they need. Yes. Yes, and, and, and the uncertainty. Right, and and also helping them also understand these are the things you can do to slow it down. Yes. Right, and so it's automatically that big, huge, you know, you've got dementia. Um, yes. It doesn't become so intimidating anymore. So it's really, really mm-hmm. needed. Now, these are kind of the services you're going to be offering, right? Yes. And uh, so how do people get hold of you to book your services? Um, I know that obviously in England you'll work, you know, with people physically, but can you work with people through Skype in, in other places? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I've got a website which would be um, coming live in early May, and the website it's www.globaldementiacare.com. And so you'll have a lot of information there and also people can book your services there. So, you know, the beauty of Skype is the fact that you can have that person face to face um, and, uh, you know, you can talk to both of them or talk to them separately um, and uh, or even the whole family, because this isn't just, you know, we're talking to somebody's older and assuming the kids have all gone, you know, out of the home. Kids need to understand. You know, one of the parents has got dementia now. So don't get irritated with them. Mm. You know, that's the last thing because that's just going to cause so much aggravation. So there's a lot so of education towards the children and the grandchildren. So Great, yes. the whole family needs to know how to deal with this. And if they've got the tools, and then, it, you know, you're taking away that frustration and that aggravation that just causes so much more stress. Yes. Um... So that is available. I'm available, yes, to groups, to individuals. We have people, we spoke about secrecy earlier, people being ashamed of, you know, letting others know that their relative has dementia. We offer, you know, confidential services. We're able to speak to 
you know, whether it be the 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 child of the person, the re- the spouse, in confident um in in a confidential way, and talk them through any difficulty they're experiencing with behaviors, with whatever, whether it be lack of sleep, whether it be aggression, whether it be you know difficulty with with personal care, we're able to. To, you know, address all of those things with um, relatives as and when needed. Right. Uh, and in addition uh, to that, mm-hmm. I offer training courses for anyone wishing to know more about dementia on the whole, learn about behaviors, learn about nutrition, learn about generally how to care for someone who has dementia that would be on offer as well wonderful and then of course as you said it kind of may start off with dementia and then go into alzheimer's and that is a totally different ball game yes and uh, And that is just one of the many types of dementias we'll be addressing on the training program as well right so, you know, this is something that isn't just like, you know, one in a million. It's a regular thing now. It's happening to many, many people. And, oh, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, we, we can even start looking at it in ourselves. You know, maybe I'm overloading. Yes. Maybe I'm forgetting things too much. Maybe it's time to slow down and, and, and look at my nutrition and look at everything else because this can tap anybody on the shoulder. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's being more mindful of that. We really need to do, you know, take yes. care of ourselves to, to prevent this. And again, take away the shame. Take away yes. the guilt. There yes. is no shame. No. There is no shame in becoming ill. No. No. And it's, it's how you approach it. You know, yes. um, you know, if you do get diagnosed with the dementia and on any of the levels there, if there's no one to blame. Um, no. There's no one to point a finger at. No. Uh, there's nothing to hold, you know, bow your head to. It is, okay, no. you know, now you, you know what it is. And yes. with your advice and your direction, you can show them how to live with it, yes. how to recognize it, how to be prepared. And so you take away a great deal of that fear. Because yes. when yes. you know what to do, you know how to handle things. When you know how to handle things, you slow that process down. Yes, and, and that's how the battle yeah, won. Yeah, exactly. So it's really, really important that, um, you know, if you even suspect somebody. How do people test for dementia, by the way? What's the test they do? Usually, um, you need your doctor's help, probably with the help of a psychiatrist, because um, the general physicians tend not to know a lot about um, dementia. But the psychiatrists, they, um, they, they sort of work in conjunction with the general practitioner. You do blood tests and you do, uh, you do tests to rule out um, physical conditions or conditions that mimic dementia but could be treated so like reversible type dementias mm-hmm. so you take you you do blood tests to rule out any of those conditions and then you begin by sort of testing the memory testing um you know sort of um the intellect for you know sort of any sort of malfunctions and things like that um it's a process that takes uh, a little while um, 
the other thing that's done now is uh, the brain scan. But to truly um, diagnose Alzheimer's or any form of dementia, a true, true diagnosis is done at autopsy. Yeah, because sometimes people, yes. Yeah, we really don't want to get to that level to find out yes. you have it. <laughs> yes, but you know, people sometimes have many, yes. they, they can have multiple forms of dementia going yeah. on in the one brain. So you can have an idea of um, what the condition is. Um, Alzheimer's, um, there's a condition called Lewy body that sort of mimics Alzheimer's in the early stages, but as it progresses, you can tell the difference. And what so, is that? Lewy body is a form of dementia that um, the predominant uh, feature is not memory loss like Alzheimer's. It um, affects the sort of the frontal lobe of the brain as well as the, the temporal lobes. And it... Um, People, the sort of the, the main features people see, it's um, sort of executive function is affected. So people um, are unable to make decisions. Mm. And people, you know, who probably had a high power job before, mm -hmm. you know, may sit at his desk and don't know what to do. Right. Don't know what to do next. Or sometimes um, once somebody begin the job for you, you can get going. One thing I've noticed in hospital, people with Lewy body disease, you'll put their meals in front of them and they haven't a clue what to do. So you begin to feed them. Right. The minute you start to feed them, they know what to do. So right. they will take the cutlery away from you and they'll start right. eating, feeding themselves. So um, that's one of the main features you see in in um, right. in Lewy disease. And, you know, this does, obviously doesn't just affect humans. I mean, I have a senior dog. She's 14. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm recognizing that in her. You know, sometimes, you know, you're trying to open the door for her and she's kind of gone in behind the door. You know, yes. I, uh, or she goes out to go pee and then kind of forgets what she's gone to do. Oh. But she will remember an old route or, you know, a, a, an old park or something else that she used to go oh, to. Oh, yes. Um, and I, you know, often knows, you know, where to be line to go home. But the, it's that, what am I doing in the moment? Mm. Sometimes mm. you see it. And she paces a lot. Yes. So. Well, yeah. people with dementia pace a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, is it an anxiety that's causing the pacing or is it just like they're not sure where they're going or what they're doing? Uh, the pacing is more sort of anxiety related. Mm. Yeah, yeah. you don't really like or to see that. But... Sometimes, or sometimes boredom. Mm, right, yeah. Mm. Yes, and I guess if they're not using their brains like they used to. Yes. Um, and of course there's so or, many... Yeah. It's about you know the care or whoever is with them occupying them yeah giving them something that they like to do something to do yes right. yeah and of course there's so many things out there today like you said scans that can check which part of the brains are being used yes. there's, there's yes. other apparatuses that are you know being invented that they put on the head and they can see which parts of the brains are, are, are firing etc and so 
there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that are being done today. And of course, in the holistic world, there's a hell of a lot of stuff where they can check things um, with um, energy blocks, which of course, that's a lot to do with yes. which, which part of the brain is being used in art. And there's yes. a hell of a lot of um, uh, quantum energy practitioners out there that can actually detect the dementia and other problems due to yes, you know, other problems. Yeah. yeah, because of this, you know, where the energy isn't going anymore. Yes. So yes. it's it's be exploratory, right? You know, like okay, this is this could be what I have. You know, don't wait for it to get to a point where it's going to be a heavy diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Look at the signs, and then you know maybe go down some alternative paths, and uh, you know kind of really understand what it is so you know how to empower yourself to deal yes, with it or yes. even you know early can you cure dementia if you get it early enough at the moment there's no medical cure for it right but if you really get on the good nutritional and a good program you can certainly hold it at bay um there are some i can only speak from the medical point of view there are some medication that can slow it down mm-hmm Um, But it's Alzheimer's. It it can slow down Alzheimer's. Right. Um, From from a holistic point of view, I know that there are a lot of holistic things out there that really do um, get the brain really going and generating and get it sparked up. So it's just a question, again, of exploring those. And uh, And I suppose it's a good idea to, you know, make those things more public and more, um, you know, raise awareness so, so more people know about them exactly exactly so i'm going to have to have you back on the show talking with one of our holistic people uh on the benefits Uh, they've had you know with people with uh, dementia so that'll be great we'll have to have a round table won't we yes (laughs) that'll be lovely so i thank you so much for being with us here today so your site is globaldementiacare.com that's correct and uh on the posting is how people can get hold of you by email and everything else and you know this yes by taking away the stigma the confusion um you know the the fear uh you know all of that from people and then giving them the tools of how to deal with this you know and that is always the biggest problem with anybody that becomes sick with anything isn't it is yes. yes. the caregiver doesn't know what to do becomes guilty because mm-hmm. they're not doing enough and then the yes. next thing you know they're sick as well and yes. um Knowledge is a very powerful thing, and you're offering caring knowledge that helps people through this so that it doesn't have to become something that tears families apart. That's correct, yes. Thank you so much for being with us here today. This has been wonderful information. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, folks, you know, don't wait until, you know, the the ball drops. It's like if you're recognizing something like this in someone, there's no harm in you kind of doing your own investigation, starting looking at the signs, start being prepared, and most certainly start using the whole of you, mind, body, spirit, and soul, and start really investing in yourself. Uh, Everything is preventable in life if we truly take care of ourselves, and that really comes down to you. Are you the person that loves yourself enough to take care of yourself forever? Until next time, folks.